Hey everybody, it's me, Luke, and Abe is here too. Hello. Uh, you are listening to Sweater Weather, a Chicago Blackhawks podcast, season two edition. Uh, we we took the summer off, and now we are back uh, once again to uh, sort of briefly recap this off season and preview this upcoming season. Um, it's probably going to be a short episode today. I don't have a lot of items on the agenda here. Uh, probably keep it under half an hour, most likely. Um, so uh, let's get into it. Uh, I just for, for item number one here, I just have off-season recap. Um, so uh, I, I'm I'm not going to go through and have us react to all the trades and stuff like that. Uh, but because um, that's old news at this point. But um, yeah, the uh, the Hawks had a pretty. Pretty busy off season. They're looking more like a playoff team this time. I think the biggest wild card is going to be, uh, well, who who gets into the wild card? Because <laughs> uh, there are, because we're uh, the the most playoff teams that the, uh, the central division can uh, uh, send to the playoffs is five, and we probably have six in the division. So. Uh, it remains to be seen if the changes that we've made this offseason are going to be enough to get us back there. Uh, what do you think? Did the Hawks have a big offseason? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I think the acquisitions that they made in trades, I think it helped out quite a bit. Especially, probably the biggest pickup was Robin Lehner. I agree. Uh, he's going to be huge. I think every night we're going to have a starter, a, a real, like... Starter, starter, in net, which is a big change from the last couple seasons when uh, Crawford struggled to stay healthy. And even if he does struggle to stay healthy again this season, we're still going to have a starter in, in goal. Yeah, we have a 1A and 1B, basically, as a 1-2. So. Yeah. Uh, and worst case scenario is we fall back on Colin Delia again. Uh, and he's shown that he can play at the NHL level. He can keep us in games. So I'm not at all worried about uh, our, uh, our depth in goal. At this point, uh, we also we also picked up Calvin DeHaan and uh, Olimata. Uh, interestingly, Olimata and Brent Seabrook in the preseason have proven to be a pretty uh, capable defensive pairing. Uh, they actually had uh, some of the best um, five-on-five stats of any pairing that uh, we've seen. Uh, now, granted, it is the preseason. It's a tiny sample size, so you can't read too much into that. It's you know a lot of those games are our best guys uh, playing against the other team's worst guys, mm-hmm. or you know they're they're bubble players, guys who end up in the NHL or the AHL rather. Um, so I won't read too much into that. I'd like to see a lot more of uh, Mata and Seabrook before I decide that they are going to uh, be a steadying force. For our blue line, but uh, it it leaves me optimistic. Um, <clears throat> item number two, I have uh, the Blackhawks are currently in Berlin for their exhibition game against Eisbären uh, Eis, Eis Berlin. I probably said that wrong. I say most things wrong, I think. Uh, and then later on, they're going to go to Prague, where they're going to play the season opener against Philly. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if the game against Philly if they chose uh, Philly and the Blackhawks because it's going to be the 10-year anniversary of the 2010 Cup. Hmm. Or it could maybe, be. Maybe it's just coincidence. I don't know. 
Now, is that the first, like, actual game of the, like, to kick off the season? Like, how... That's a regular season game. No, 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 but I mean, mm-hmm. like, in the case of, like, the Bears-Packers opening the NFL season. Oh, oh, um, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm, I'll have to look that up. It, it might be. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's gonna be interesting. Um... And then, yeah, that game against uh, uh, that Berlin team, that's, that's not even an NHL team. It's just an exhibition game. Um, so, all right, so my question is, why are, all these, why are all these professional sports leagues doing all these exhibition games over in Europe and stuff? It, it sounds like the end goal, like, like you know, the, the Cubs and the Cardinals are going to play in, or, they, or did they already play in, in London or whatever? I, I forget. I think it's next year. Okay. I yeah. think so. Yeah, so it doesn't happen yet. Because, um, no, the Yankees-Red Sox played this year. That's what it was. Yeah, and then uh, Cubs-Cards. <clears throat> good rivalries. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we've, we've done exhibition games in, um, like, I think, uh, I think the Kings played an exhibition game in China or South Korea or something like that recently. So what, what's the end goal here? Is the, the end goal to expand the NHL, the MLB, the NFL to Europe? And then play regular season games against European teams? I don't think it's so much that, that it's more like they're just trying to grow the sport as a whole. Like, try to get more people interested in these sports from other countries. You think they do? Because, like, for example, baseball. Majority of the baseball players are from Latin America. Yeah. Or American. And then there's also, like, Japan is probably the other biggest market for baseball besides mm-hmm. North and South America and Central America. You think we're going to get people from the UK tuning in to watch uh, American baseball, hockey, football? Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to do, but then mm-hmm. also try to get people to like maybe fall in love with the sport, and you never know. You might have the next Mike Trout coming out of London or something. I mean, I see the advantage of that. But I, like, for the sport, but are these, is that why the leagues are doing it? I, I think so. I think it's just to get, like, more viewers, more fans, which obviously in turn is going to help give, mm-hmm. them more rep, give them more revenue. But okay. I, I think that's really what it is. It's just trying to get more people into it to make more money out of it. Hmm. I, I was just, I'm, I'm just thinking if there are people, like, trying to watch NHL games in the UK, these, a lot of these games are going to be at, like, 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, moving on, uh, number three, uh, status update on Robin Leonard and Kirby Doc. Robin Leonard, who suffered a hip injury during practice recently, and Kirby Doc, who suffered a concussion at the Traverse City Prospects Tournament against uh, Minnesota, uh, have been skating with the team at practice, which would indicate that they should both be ready to play real games again soon. Um, uh, so that's good news. Uh, I think Calvin DeHaan is skating with the team again, too, which is ahead of his timetable for return. He had shoulder surgery near the end of uh, the season last year, I think, so he wasn't expected to play at the beginning of this regular season. Um, He was expected to miss a couple weeks, but it's sounding like he could be on the opening night roster. Possibly. Mm. Uh, So I think it's still kind of up in the air what the Hawks are going to do with Kirby Doc. Uh... I think, so here's my theory, and then you tell me what you think. I think that they're going to give him, it's looking like they are, if, 
I think they're probably going to give him nine games. Nine games right at the beginning of the season, and then they're going to send him back to Saskatoon. <clears throat> okay. Uh, and once they send him back to Saskatoon, they cannot recall him until Saskatoon's season is over. Which I think, I think their season ends right before the NHL season ends. So I guess it's also possible that they send him right to Saskatoon and then call him up for a couple games at the end of the season. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So I guess... I don't know. It, it really seems like they're not in a rush to send him to... Uh, to send him back down to juniors. Uh, although it could be because he missed like the, the entire preseason up to this point with that concussion. Mm-hmm. So they haven't really gotten the long look that they wanted to give him. Right. So, I don't know. Got any theories? Um, no, I think they're not going to have him on their roster. I think he'll start mm-hmm. down there right away. Down in Saskatoon? It, yeah. I, I definitely don't think they give him a full season this year. Unless, no. like, unless something really crazy and unexpected happens, he, he just blows everyone's minds, which I don't see happening. Um, I actually... Uh, so my, my wife and I, we went to the Traverse City Prospects tournament, and um, I saw, I, well, I only saw him in uh, the, the second game. I saw the second game against uh, the Maple Leafs, um, and it was not Doc's strongest game. I think it sort of uh, highlighted the inconsistency that he's been um, known for in a lot of scouting reports. Uh, because just that that first game against uh, Detroit, he was uh, he and Boquist, they were just electric, and then in that second game, he was just kind of not really noticeable. Uh, and I think part of that is because uh, Toronto's players targeted him specifically, um, and there were some bad calls. It sounded like it seemed like he got frustrated with the officials. Hmm. Uh, near the end there, and he was, uh, you know, frustrated with the the way that the game was going overall. Uh, they ended up losing that game, but um, yeah, I I don't think he's NHL ready yet, but I I think he will play a full season next season in twenty 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 one. Okay. Uh, and I do think that he gets some NHL time this year, be it at the beginning of this season or the end of this season. Uh, number four, uh, some, uh, so the Hawks have started to whittle down their, uh, preseason roster and, uh, uh, some notable Rockford assignments have been, uh, Dylan Sakira, Adam Boquist, John Quinville, Alexi Sorella, Philip Kurashev, Mackenzie Entwistle, and Nicholas Bodin. Uh, Adam Boquist, I think, was the, the most remarkable one there. I thought that he stood the best chance of maybe getting some NHL playtime, uh, especially if Calvin DeHaan was still expected to miss a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe they give him his nine games. Um, and I think that maybe he does get some playtime later this season. I think that maybe uh, if there's an injury, uh, you know, someone hurts their wrist or something like that, and they have to sit out for a week or two, then maybe Boquist gets called up and he gets his nine games. Uh, and I, I say nine games because nine games is the maximum number of games that uh, a player on an entry-level contract like Boquist is able to play before his contract, um, before he burns a year of it. 
<clears throat> and I don't. I also don't think that the Hawks are above uh, allowing him to burn a year on his contract if they find that he is contributing to the team. Because <clears throat> they did that with, uh, they did that with Dylan Sakura, and they've done that with some other players recently. Uh, so they're definitely not above doing that. Um, so, yeah, uh, Kershev and Entwistle, I think, were a couple more surprises for me. Although, uh, we've, we've really got a lot of, like, bottom six guys to choose from. So, Mm -hmm. you know, someone's got to sit it out. And and a lot of those bottom six guys are veteran guys like Zach Smith and Ryan Carpenter. Um, guys who are more or less a lock for the NHL roster. Plus guys like David Camp, who is, you know, he's uh, uh, Marcus Kruger's heir apparent. <clears throat> number five. Uh, I, for number five, I just kind of have some of the uh, the preseason lines and pairings that the Hawks have been rolling with. Uh, they've been rolling with the top line of uh, Nylander, Taves, and Kane. And Nylander, I think he's actually... He's, he's actually shown some flashes of brilliance. I think that there's... When we traded Henry Yokiharu for uh, Nylander, I almost said I almost said William Nylander. It's Alex Nylander. When we traded Yokiharu for Nylander, I was incredibly skeptical, as was uh, as was nearly everybody. Um, but he has uh, he's shown some brief flashes of brilliance, like in the preseason and stuff, that I think could indicate that he's uh, maybe gonna you know finally break out this year. I'm hoping so. I hope. I, I would hope so because fucking trading. Oh, now we have to make it explicit. Oops, <laughs> that's fine. Um, with having traded Yogi Haru, which was an NHL like mm-hmm. level ready defenseman, yeah, which is pretty solid for us before being sent down, which we all knew was questionable to begin with. Yeah, and then trade him mm-hmm. for somebody that still hasn't reached their potential. So, I see it having been a gamble that they're willing to take because mm-hmm. they feel like they, may, maybe it's the Tane and Kane's effect. Like, they, or even just the Kane effect. Kane brings the best out of his teammates. Yeah. yeah. Like, Panarin's monster rookie year. Yeah. Um, even, even having, even Artie on the line, like, those couple years with him. Yeah. Artie was very productive. Mm-hmm. So, Debrinket last year scored 40 goals, being basically paired with Kane most of the season. That's true. He was also on the first power play unit, and uh, although, although to Debrinket's credit, his rookie season, he scored 28 goals on the third line with Patrick Sharp. So, I think not, not all of that is Kane. A lot of that is Debrinket. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that uh, Alex Nylander proves me wrong. I hope that he proves everybody wrong, uh, and I I really think that he could be an offensive juggernaut, a really solid like top six, top nine player. Uh, I think the biggest gaps in his game really are you know when he doesn't have the puck, when he's in the defensive zone, and things like that. You just but I mean, if his offense can offset that, I mean, hell, look at yeah. Kane. Look at Kane. Same thing. Like he is a very offensive-minded player. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. he plays some good defense every once in a while, but his offense more than makes up for that. Yeah. 
Although I will say that 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 Kane, the Brinkett, Strom line from last year, uh, they scored a lot of goals, but they all they also gave up a lot of goals. Uh, if you look at that, uh, if you, like like the net result of that line being on the ice, they gave up almost as many goals as they scored. So I think that's one of the reasons that uh, so far Jeremy Carlton has kind of been um, hesitant to keep them together. Uh, and he's been he's been putting uh, Kane Taves and uh, Kane and Taves on the top line together, uh, and then Nylander up there too is a, a an interesting choice because you know Kane Kane and Nylander are very offensive minded players, and then Taves is more of like an all around guy. He can play defense. He can he can win face offs. He can he can score goals and make plays too. Just not at the same level as someone like Kane or someone like uh, like Nylander hopes to be. Um, Let's just hope we don't have to have another situation where they make Kane play center. <laughs> did that happen? Yes. When did that they, happen? It was an experiment that they tried to play him at center for a while, and it did not go well. I forgot what season it was, but... It was a little while back? Oh, man, when was it? I forgot what season it was, but, yeah, was it like that, that was the thing. 14, 15? I think it was even before that. I think it might have been... It might have been 11, 12. Yeah. Or even ten eleven. But yeah, it it didn't work. <laughs> I, I believe it. He's just not a very defensive minded player. Uh when I do see him make a uh, like a flashy defensive play, it's it's kinda of shocking to me. It was like uh 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 I don't know if do you remember Michael Roosevelt? The it was the sixteen seventeen season, he scored one goal and I remember Thinking that I would rather see, I'd almost rather see Michael Roosevelt score one goal than Patrick Kane score a hat trick. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I want Patrick Kane to score a lot of hat tricks, but uh, that that Rosie goal was interesting. Uh, it uh, brought joy to my heart. Anyway, so, uh, second line we've been rolling with is Debrinket, uh, Strom, and Shaw. Um, so you got a goal scorer, playmaking center, and. Uh, Shaw, who brings your grit, your uh, net front presence. I like that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saad, Kampf, and Kubalik. Um, Kampf, like I said, he's the, the heir apparent to uh, Marcus Kruger. I think uh, if this team does become a contender in the next couple of years, I, I think Kampf is going to be your fourth-line center. He's going to play a more defensive-minded role. Um, Saad, I don't think he's like being punished or anything for being on the uh, being on the third line like this. I think that's just uh uh Colleton trying to spread out the offense. Yeah, oh yeah, cuz yeah. cuz that was definitely one of the issues last season too. Yeah. Like the number one line was well, one and two were both producing and the bottom mm-hmm. the other two lines yeah. were pretty much non-existent, so yeah, and in the modern NHL, you need three scoring lines and then a defensive checking line. It's not like 10, 15 years ago where you could have two scoring lines, a checking line, and then just, you know, a, like a burner line. Your goon. Guys, yeah, guys who were there to, you know, start fights and just just skate around and just be assholes. Um, and then the, the fourth line, they've been kind of... Uh, Rotating uh, Kajula, Doc, Perlini, Carpenter, and Vadine. By the way, it is pronounced Vadine. V sound for the W, 
and then like long E for the I. Vadin. Anton Vadin. Uh, so it, it, it remains to be seen how that line's going to shake out. Uh, I think Carpenter's probably a lock. Like I said, I think Doc probably goes back to Saskatoon. Um, and Kajula, I'm pretty sure, is going to be a lock for that. Kajula's probably a lock. Um, it, it'll probably be Perlini as well. It'll probably be Kajula, think... Perlini, Carpenter. You think so? You don't think Vadim? I, I hope I hope Perlini is on the roster, and I, I hope that he is as productive as he was during... Um, remember when he was like the first, like the second star of the week or something like that last year? Like, I hope he scored like seven goals in eight games, including a hat trick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope he's, he's that guy, like all season long. Uh, he'll need a big raise after that, if that happens, but I hope he's that guy. Um, but yeah, uh, Perlini or Vadim, I could see either of them going to Rockford, but I feel like Colleton, uh, his... I feel like he, he keeps Perlini on a short leash. I don't think he likes uh, the way that Perlini plays away from the puck. So I, I I think Perlini is probably the most likely guy to go to Rockford. So I could see it as like Kajula, Carpenter, Vadim. Um, but like you said, it can go either way. And then defensive pairing has been uh, Keith and Gustafson. I like that pairing. That pairing was uh, together uh, a lot last season. Um, and they played pretty well. Uh, Mata Seabrook, like I said, they uh, when that line was on the ice, we generally outscored opponents. Uh, our Corsi was better. Our you know, just just uh, stronger possession numbers overall. Um, again, preseason, small sample size. Remains to be seen how effective it really is in the regular season <laughs> against NHL players, but uh, could be strong. And then... Um, uh, that's weird. I have, I have Cuckoo and Boquist, but I think that should be Cuckoo and Murphy. Hmm. Or Dahan and Murphy. I, I might, I might have missed a line when I, uh, uh, was copying and pasting here. But, um, I think Dahan and Murphy is going to be our, uh, our third pairing. And that's actually a pretty strong third pairing. Yeah, because Murphy was one of our most consistent defensemen last season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, he's like a three or a four, but a three or a four is still a top four defenseman. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe maybe it's not really like a one two three situation. Maybe it's like a one two a two b situation mm -hmm. with these pairings. And I mean, I like I like how um, Colleton did the like Keith Gustafson, Mata Seabrook, like. Like, you have one, like, more defensive specialist with an mm. offensive-minded defenseman, like, balance between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, it seems like a lot of the time last year, uh, or the last couple of years, really, uh, Seabrook, as the veteran, had to be paired with someone else, and he was responsible for, uh, you know, covering lapses in the other guy's defense. And um, so, you know, Seabrook not only didn't really get much opportunity to play his more offensive-minded game, but he it also exposed his lack of foot speed when, you know, the, the other guys would break out and he would be, you know, chasing them down, like, 100 feet away. Uh, but I like this pairing because, you know, Mata is... He's, he's slow, 
Seabrook, he's slow. They're both slow, but they're both, they know their strengths and they're good at playing to those strengths. Um, you know, Seabrook, you, you let him take slappers from the point. Uh, and Mata, you, you let him just play a defensive game. And if everybody's in position when they need to be, you don't have to worry about people being fast enough to get back into position when they get out of position. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and then I think Cuckoo's going to be our seventh defenseman. I think Boquist is, you know, he, he's already in Rockford. I think he's going to stay in Rockford for most of the season. Yeah, if anything, he'll be one of the first call-ups for injuries, so... Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, him or Dahlstrom? Yeah. Dahlstrom, I think, is another good, like, seventh defenseman kind of guy. Uh, he's... I think he's... He, Dahlstrom's probably done developing. He's He, he is what he is at this point, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. You know, you you play him, like like, 10... 12 minutes a night and you're you're gonna be good you'll be fine uh so that's all i have um the uh the hawks are currently playing well i the i i, I say the hawks but it's really the rockford ice hawks they're playing uh boston right now probably uh getting absolutely spanked <clears throat> um oh wow yeah looks like uh yeah, it looks like 4 nothing Bruins so far after the first. Uh, shots and goal are 14 Boston, 4 Chicago. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I found the Patrick Kane thing when he played center. It was the 2011-2012 season. Ah, yes. Was that... I think that was... No, it was 10-11 when they backed into the playoffs at the last minute when... Uh, uh, yeah, they took Vancouver to seven games. Yeah. Actually, they fell down. They fell behind three nothing and forced the game seven. Yeah, and they almost reverse almost reverse sweep them. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's all I've got. Uh, we will be back uh, hopefully next week with uh, some more podcast content for you guys. Hopefully, back every week or almost every week. Um, uh, go Hawks! <laughs>